Hello listeners, Andy Heiss here with a quick message from one of our sponsors. Are you a student looking to sell your art? Look no further than artbystudents.com. Their platform is specifically designed to help students showcase and sell their work to a wider audience. With artbystudents.com, you can easily create a profile, upload your art, and start selling in no time. Plus, their simple and secure payment system makes it easy for buyers to purchase your work. So check out artbystudents.com today to get started. That's artbystudents.com. Welcome to the Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast, making art work. We highlight how entrepreneurs align their artistry, passion, and vision to create and pursue opportunities to capture value in the arts. The views expressed by guests on the Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast are solely their own and do not necessarily represent the views of the podcast or its hosts. The appearance of a guest on the podcast, the venture they represent, or reference to any product or service does not imply an endorsement or recommendation by the podcast or its hosts. The content provided is for entertainment and informational purposes only and does not constitute business advice. Here are your hosts, Andy Heiss and Nick Petrella. Welcome podcast listeners. My name is Andy Heiss. And I'm Nick Petrella. Joining us today is Mary Kay Thomas, founder of Rhythmic Art Studio. She's a self-employed artist, art teacher, and art therapist. For decades, Mary Kay has introduced and inspired children through the arts, and she has long been a proponent of helping her community. Most recently, she has been spearheading the revitalization of East Cleveland by using that community as a canvas for public art. In addition to her art initiatives, she's a community engagement advisor for Zygote Press, one of the largest fine print shops in the Midwest. Thanks for being with us, Mary Kay. And thank you for having me, gentlemen. As I noted in the intro, you've been practicing art for a few decades. How yes. long had you planned to open your studio before you finally did, and what prompted you to open it? Oh, my. Uh, my love and passion for the arts has been a lifetime journey, but I was able to kind of uh, go back into it after I survived a massive stroke and a ruptured brain aneurysm. Wow. Wow. So, which um, kind of redirected my footsteps. I had my recovery was um, an incredible journey. I, I lost my ability to comprehend written language and uh, read, and my speech was damaged, my memory. So, to um, redo myself, so to speak, rebuild myself. Yeah. Um, and I utilized art and uh, its therapeutic power, healing power, to help me get myself back and um, to um, teach myself how to, how to use art mm -hmm. in a way that can heal not just myself, but the community as well. Sure. Yeah. Just a quick follow-up question. So how long did it take to recover from the stroke? And did it impair your your visual ability as far as, you know, visual art? Or was it only text? 
No, it didn't impair that. That's what came back. My natural um, ability, because that's something, like I said, that I've always been that way, even through my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, sewing, um, visual arts, photography, anything that was um, in the arts, vi- visual arts, um, was something, like I said, from my childhood. So um, that and my faith. Mm-hmm. Those two things, back, my ability to... Um, understand the Bible and um, but I could no longer read it. I just couldn't read it, but because I've had always lived it as part of my ministry, I, he said, well, use those two things and rebuild yourself. And I, I didn't take the test for me to get back into college. He whispered in my ear, and told me, go back. And I'm like, what in the world, dude? I am in the book for Dick and Jane. <laughs> so, um, best. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. great. And both of those things were deeply ingrained, and maybe that's why they, they came back, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I, I said, I'm too old to get anything but an A. We need <laughs> to be on the dean's list if I'm going to do this, <laughs> if we're going to do it. Yeah, I did those things, a 4.0 um, uh, for my first degree, and then um, summa cum laude from Ursuline. So, wow, well, that's great. Years, eight years to do that, but it, yeah. it was a wonderful journey, and I had so many wonderful people as a part of my journey. And so then you started Rhythmic Art Studio. What were some of the challenges you encountered uh, as you were getting that off the ground? Oh, my. Um, Well, I started an LLC first. And the Rhythmic Art Studio is a a nonprofit. Okay. So the LLC, I began, uh, oh, gosh, um, just doing small, small things within the community. Um, and helping um, children as well as adults, because you can't just help the children. They're connected to their parents. And and a lot of um, our social trauma is a a catalyst for, it's a fallout from, if the children have it, then that means the parents might have it too. So, I've had a lot of parents be, become really, really excited about the work that I was doing with their children. And they were like, well, can I come too? I said, sure. Mm-hmm. Bring the entire family. And yeah. so, like I said, I started out with a small ministry group. I did that for 10 years at my church and grew my business uh, during the summer, during um, out of school time programs, art programming. Um, and Grew it into what I have now, which is um, I work with uh, school, all school districts. I'm presently um, working with Cleveland City School District at one of their schools, Mm -hmm. um, East Cleveland Mm -hmm. and Cleveland Heights right now, presently. So I have with all three of those school districts. Approximately how many students is that? Oh my! Yeah, 
Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, 20, another 20, um, probably 20 more. That's probably about 60 kids um, on a weekly basis that I uh, interact with um, between the three different school districts. So, and that's from kindergarten to high school because mm-hmm. I do something different with each school. Sure. Yeah. And, and their parents, I would imagine. You said some parents, yeah. And some parents, because I do out-of-school time art programming, even during the summer. I, mm. I do it all year round. And I even plan field trips, um, introductions to the art museum, mm-hmm. uh, and the botanical gardens, mm-hmm. which, oh, I have a contract also with them as well, the botanical gardens. So I'm doing a project with some of their students as well. So that's another five or six kids um, with my doors project. Yeah. Well, this next question uh, I have is going to get a little bit deeper into advocacy. So you, you seem very keen on advocacy and, and helping to connect with young people through art. Why yeah. is that so important to you? And what would you tell others who want to do the same in their communities? Well, because I was a, a longtime entrepreneur, I had a business for 15 years before I had the stroke and the brain aneurysm. I was running a small business out of my home at that time, mm-hmm. and I had to give that up. Um, so I'm lo- a longtime entrepreneur. My dad was an entrepreneur. He built homes and, and um, was an artisan with plastering. So that's part of my background as well, just that entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, my great-grandmother also was someone who uh, ran a reading program, created a reading program oh, wow. for children. You know, that was, so that's part of uh, the way I grew up. Um, mm-hmm. Learning that you do your outreach in your ministry, um, whatever you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to take that and make that gift and share it. Um, and then talking to children about them being able to bring out the best of themselves. You have it within your right inside of you. Everyone has that. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever gift it is, I, I ask, I pose the question, what would you do with an idea? Mm. And how can you make that idea blossom and grow and take an idea that right out of the air and make that your own so that you'll never have to work a day in your life. Mm. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so you've been involved with community development, community uh, engagement, advocacy for as as we mentioned for a long time. How has that changed? Um, you know, from early on to today, is it is it is there a common thread that you're you've always been sort of working towards, or does is it kind of in response to what's happening in the community at the time? No, I've I've been. Uh... And I call this my ministry, mm-hmm. um, my art ministry. Okay. Uh, one of my one of my children, my my oldest son. Uh, this summer, he called me. He coined a phrase when he was talking to me. He called me the saint of paint. 
And I had to laugh. I says, oh, boy, son. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you, son. <laughs> um, I saw when I see there's a need. Mm-hmm. Is that's what gets my passion going extra. I mean, when I moved into East Cleveland three years ago, mm-hmm. I. Um, I was so. um it made me feel very emotional what I saw because I saw that people seem to have no hope. Mm-hmm. A, I, I looked on Euclid Avenue and, and the people just seemed to be like ghosts, like vapors. They just were hanging around and a panhandling. And, mm-hmm. and I said, my God, Lord, I'm just a lowly artist. What can I do to help? change the face of this community and um, and get people to understand that they have they have value and they're within themselves that they can be game changers um, so I went to the mayor and said I want to do some public art for you guys can I can I just do that and I didn't have any money of course needless to say um, and he said, sure. And I said, okay. And uh, in less than a year's time, I had uh, put up two pieces of public art. One is, um, and there was no, there was, uh, there was no building. And because East Cleveland is in a transformative stage right now, it'll be torn down. You know, you put the art on, and it, it, you'll look up, and it'll be demolished. Yeah. So, um, I had to be very creative um, as I thought about um, my inspiration, and um, um, installation art was the way for me to go. Mm-hmm. I um, purchased one of those long twenty-foot containers, mm-hmm. and had my art reproduced banner style for that when they came in West Camp was my partner on that they came in and um, put a frame on it after I had it painted black as the background and put the one mural up banner style is 20 feet by 10 feet mm. uh, on an open field in uh, on Euclid Avenue and the other one is made done on aluminum mm-hmm. so um, that and then also I have done public art on the Coit Road Farmers Market mm-hmm. as well um, I call them my dancing gardeners mm-hmm. uh, my, my dancing gardeners in what I did was invite the public whoever's at the, at the market come mm-hmm. paint so adults, children, that was another way for me to engage the community in, in art um, there and for the learning garden that we have at the Coit Road Farmers Market with uh, Food Strong, which I'm on the board of directors for mm-hmm. both Food Strong and for the Coit Road Farmers Market. And that, that was going to come up a little bit later, but if you could address that now, because we have people 
literally all around the world listening to these uh, episodes. What is Food Strong? Oh, wow. Food <laughs> um, Strong was started by Sarah Continency, and it is a, a way for a teaching, a way for us to teach people how to eat better, um, how to create your own garden. And it's uh, for children. And we, we have, like I said, a learning garden at the Coit Road Farmer's Market. But we are in about three or four, no, 14 different elementary schools now. Hmm. And uh, we teach gardening, hmm. uh, uh, land conservation, and um, now we're we're stepping into native native uh, food that would be growing here in the city in our mm-hmm. area that that have been forgotten that people don't even know naturally yeah. grow so. We do quite a bit. Yeah, so it seems like all of your activities, you as a as an individual, it's not just art. It's art, but it's also again community engagement. That's really what you what you do. So you do work a lot with various city and regional arts councils and, and foundations. What what can you tell others who want to seek similar sources of funding for their arts and you know being becoming more involved in the community? Well, when I began my journey, like I said, with um, East Cleveland, I did not have a grant writer. I um, all I did was talk about what I wanted to do with other people who are in the arts, and I got a flurry of volunteers uh, that helped me write the grants. I got a grant with Spaces. Someone, a young lady, came and, and helped me. Uh, Mackenzie, and she she wrote the grant for me. I I of course gave her the verbiage, but right. she, she did that for me. And um, uh, Mackenzie Merriman and um, a couple of other. So I got that grant, which was thousand um, dollars. We reached out to. Um, the Fowler Family Foundation, they gave me another four grand. Mm-hmm. Um, we did an IOB via Facebook mm-hmm. and um, another three. And then some ladies that I don't even know their names, uh, they put together a quilt, about 12 of them, I, I think mm-hmm. the number. Um, created a quilt and then auctioned it off and they got a thousand dollars and gave me, yeah, gave me that thousand dollars to help in my work to put those two um, murals together and to give me funds so that I could do other work here. So, so to summarize then, for other people, regardless where they are, first step, it seemed you were gauging interest. And then second thing, you worked with a grant writer. Well, I, I presently do now have mm-hmm. a grant. And um, 
So I've since then I've been funded again with um, with the Fowler Family Foundation this mm-hmm. year, uh, Neighborhood Connections. He and he wrote those grants for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, did um, and his lovely wife Julia. Um, I now have my own board of directors with mm-hmm. the um, with my nonprofit, mm-hmm. and I get a. Lots of support from them, but um, I'm always I'm always hunting. I'm always moving um, and networking. Oh my gosh, yeah, networking and and being in those places where the energy is high for the arts is is critical. Yeah, telling your story, sharing your story. Um, I now have a senior art program as well that I started because of COVID mm-hmm. uh, a year a year ago, um, and I said that seniors were not um, they were kind of being pushed to the side like they were on so um, creative art therapy, mm-hmm. and I partnered with um, a medical center here in Cleveland. Um, who has uh, more than one location. Mm-hmm. I actually was able to just come in and share my gift with a lot of... Some had never paintbrush, never imagined that they could um, be artsy. Mm-hmm. And I have been a big game changer for that program. Mm-hmm project as well. Now I am partnering with a, um, it's called Senior Center of Ohio. Um, And he just opened and we we did a uh, uh, grand opening for that facility that's out at Southgate. And um, so I will be doing that on a weekly basis once a week and going in and doing creative art therapy with his population. Mary Kate, with all this stuff you have going on, is there, is there one thing that's kind of a constant for you in terms of, uh, you know, your artistic uh, ministry that you carry out or is it just kind of always evolving? Oh, it's always evolving. It, it, It really is always evolving because I, I still make time for my, three adult children in their lives and my nine grandchildren, <laughs> which are a big part of my life and my journey. My oldest grandson is 22 and my youngest is um, 18 months. Wow. So, and I'm helping my daughter through her practicum. I keep my granddaughter twice a week. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Busy work and busy at home. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Visit artsentrepreneurshippodcast.com to learn more about our guest and how you can help support artists, the arts, and this podcast. Mm-hmm.